Now entering Nerdist.com. Hi, this is Ben Blacker, creator of the Nerdist Writers Panel and the Nerdist Comics Panel. Hey, speaking of comics, did you know that my writing partner, Ben Acker, and I have some thrilling adventure hour comics that you can buy right now? They are digital-only exclusives, issue zero origin stories of Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars, and Beyond Belief. Uh, these are spin-offs of the very popular Nerdist podcast, The Thrilling Adventure Hour. Uh, they're done by the same art teams that will be doing the image comics that are coming in February, but I wanted to give you a, a little sneak preview and, and provide a jumping-on point for anyone, whether you're familiar with The Thrilling Adventure Hour or not. These are 10-page comics. You can get them at thrillingadventurehour.com. Click on Shop and click on Comic Books and uh, pick up these really cool Thrilling Adventure Hour comics. Sparks Nevada is illustrated by Jay Bone, who is terrific, and uh, Beyond Belief is illustrated by Phil Hester, who is brilliant. So check out the two digital-only comics. We don't even know if these will be collected anytime, uh, and they're a great jumping-on point for people who are both familiar and unfamiliar with the Thrilling Adventure Hour. They're just good stories. Uh, listen, not to brag, but Comic Book Resources gave each of them five stars. That's ten stars total. Uh, thrillingadventurehour.com. Click on Shop. Click on Comic Books. And pick those up. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you listening. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel, and it's hosted by Ben Blacker, where he gets a bunch of writers, and he asks them lots of questions, and it's starting now, so this will be the end of the theme. My name is Ben Blacker. I'm the creator of the Nerdist Writers Panel series. Follow me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, and let me know who you'd like to see on this series. I'm always looking for new ideas for TV show, movies, books, comics, anyone you like who writes things. Do me a favor, though, and check the archive to see if we've already had that person on whom you would like to hear from. Uh, I am a television writer. I've written for Supernatural, Super Ninjas, and I'm currently on the Netflix uh, DreamWorks show Puss in Boots. Uh, I'm also the co-creator of the Thrilling Adventure Hour stage production in the style of old-time radio, which is a weekly podcast here on the Nerdist Network. For more information, visit thrillingadventurehour.com. It's the Nerdist Writers Panel, and it's hosted by Ben Blacker, where he gets a bunch of writers, and he asks them lots of questions, and it's starting now, so this will be the end of the theme. This is it. We're doing the uh, year in review, you guys. 2014. It's over. We did it. Uh, I have three terrific guests, uh, all returning pals. I'm so glad to have them here. Uh, please say your name and say hello on this podcast so people know what your voice sounds like. Hello, I'm Josh Friedman. This is my voice. Hi, Aaron Ginsberg. This is my voice. Hi, Emily Halpern. I think my voice will be fairly easy to recognize on this podcast. You would think. Yeah, guys, read the reviews. Did she ask to have her voice altered so that she could? It's a real surreal situation. (laughs) Yeah, of course, the biggest story of the year. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's surreal. All right, let's let's do some catching up here. Uh, Josh, we last spoke to you uh, last at the end of last year, and that is true. Uh, As I recall, you were uh, working on some films. You were in the yeah. midst of uh, Avatar Land. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> how have things changed, and what is new? You, I think you've had a pretty busy year. Yeah. I've gained thirty pounds. <laughs> uh, is that CGI or? Actual? I wish. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, no, it's carb capture. Oh, I see. It's a whole. It's a new. <laughs> yeah. It's a new thing they do. Where they just put you in the, exactly. on a stage and get the food. 
Um, but it doesn't. It stays. Dang it. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm still working on Avatar. I suspected you might be. I am. What, I, I am. Has there been progress in the past oh, year? Oh, sure. Yeah, no, no. There's been lots of progress. It was, I remember, yeah. it was interesting. Uh, you had told us, like, it's basically broken, like, a TV show. Exactly. Like, you guys were doing yeah. two or three sequels, right? Yeah. Three. And, Are they all being written at the same time? Like, yeah. So, oh, wow. yeah. okay. Uh, and it was you and a couple of other writers, yeah. uh, and Cameron would kind of come and go, as I recall. He but didn't he had go. Oh, he didn't go. He was there no, the whole no, time. No, no, no. He was there the whole time. Oh, really? No, no. He's like the best showrunner you would ever want to have. That's cool. He's there. I mean, when we were in the room, he was there mm-hmm. nine to six. Wow, that's amazing. Nothing. He's doing nothing. Well, if he's doing other things, he does them in hours where the rest of humanity is asleep, or as he says, watching sports. <laughs> so he doesn't believe in it. No, he says that sports is the three hours every day where he gets ahead of everybody else. That's really funny. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, is he a good showrunner besides being present, which is a very good showrunner? Um, in that he has an idea of what these stories are to be. Oh yeah, I mean I, I can't get into too much yeah, or any. Of course. any well, I can get any of the substance and some of the process, but I mean we spent six months in the room breaking the three. Uh, movies mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean he's he's exactly who he is. He's like he's he's truly a genius. I mean I've never been around someone who has a mind that's like that omnivorous and that focused and wow. uh, and he has a very very specific idea of what he's doing and um, it was it's been great. I mean it's been a lot. It's been I mean we're getting it's about eighteen months now. Mm-hmm. I mean and, and so it's it's um. It's been a lot of work. <laughs> it's been a lot of work, but uh, it's been fantastic. I mean, like he's the kind of guy you just would you would want to run through a wall for. Like That's I find fantastic. him to be a joy on a daily basis. Wow. But right now we're not. I mean, I haven't seen him in a, a month or so. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm we're everyone's kind of went off on script. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was exactly it was six months of whiteboards. Wow. Which now he was quoted as saying that people will be shitting with their mouths open when they is that your your movie? I'm assuming that was your movie that I did think, that. I think mine was the mouth open, but I think maybe one no the other one is shitting. I can't remember if they're the same okay. movie or not. I well that yeah, I know. I someone sent me that. Someone like, sent me that, that was quote. my favorite article of like the whole year, I think. Someone sent me the quote and I read it and I was like yeah, he says stuff like that all the time. Like yeah. that's just you know, the guy started as a as a teamster. Like he was like a trucker. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean it was yeah. like he's he's it somehow made me excited for the movies and I didn't fully understand it. That quote. <laughs> I was like I don't know what this means, but I know I want to yeah. be doing that I, I a think, year from now. <laughs> I think I think, you know, the movies are gonna be pretty awesome. They're they're pretty mind blowing. I've seen a lot of the fun thing about it is that we've been in basically in production since we were Breaking. Mm-hmm. So the floor above us is all the art department, which is right. Weta, Weta Works and all these guys. And so we oh, could, wow. you talking about creatures. You, you visit them and be like, oh, we just thought of this idea. Yes. Can you, oh, yes. that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, or you, you, you talk about it and then like three days later you go upstairs, Jim says, let's go upstairs and visit the guys. And you go upstairs and there are these amazing paintings of oh, things that you were talking about. You're like, wow. oh. Oh, yeah, that's what you, well, yeah. Unlike a TV room, it's, it sounds like you you have no ceiling for what you can afford, you know, like yeah, in terms of true. TV production, yeah. we're always like, well, we can't really, how many extras do we get? Like 15? Yeah. There's so much of what's you know? talked about is yeah, built like, around what we can't do, yeah. Yeah. but it feels like, you're like, how many worlds can we make? Well, I think also because when you talk about 
um, the way that they do their performance capture, they it's the same price for a close-up between two blue people as hmm. it is a thousand blue people. Right. It, no, right. it literally is yeah. the same mm-hmm. price. It's, you know, that, that five seconds of film, right. the way that they do it is the same. Hmm. So they, which they told us from the beginning, they're like, don't, there's no reason, certainly when you're in the, you know, the performance capture parts of the of the movies, there's no reason to write anything but whatever is in your head. Wow. Or what's in his head. You will never That's come amazing. back from this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, your next T V pilot's gonna be Seriously. like yeah. next year we're multi cam. Yeah. Really your multi cam we budgeted it as sixty million dollars for your multi cam. <laughs> right. right. Multi is not seventy cameras in this thing. Uh so is this this has kind of taken up most of your year, I imagine. No. Have you gotten to work on some other year. projects? It took up half my year. Okay. I mean it's taken up all my year. Right. Half the time. No, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was running a room at the same time. Yes, let's uh, talk about that. Do we you really want to talk about that now? Let's talk about it for a minute, and then we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with everyone. <laughs> yeah, the sadness in your eyes was, well, uh, couldn't be seen. On, I do want to get into it, because I... Well, I, I'll get into it. I think I have a theme for this year, but go ahead. <laughs> Broken dreams? <laughs> sort of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that's the theme of each end of the year podcast. Over here. <laughs> Come on. I was coming up today, I was like, what is... Has anything gotten better in my life? Here? I'm like... I asked you here for a reason. (laughs) Darkness. Uh, All right. You know what? Let's hold on to it because I'll bring it up after we talk to everyone. Uh, Aaron, where have you been this year? Uh, I where have I been? I spent the first part of the year wrapping up intelligence Mm -hmm. for CBS, uh, and then I sold a feature to New Line, which was super fun and really exciting. Uh, and then I jumped. I, I think, listeners, you have been on this podcast every year since it began. Yes. I think listeners are going to be excited to hear that. Yeah, I know. It's it, hearing you uh, find success. Is, it's is very really cool. cool. Yeah, no, it's very thrilling. It's you know probably similar, not as uh, insane as Josh's feature experience, but it's been, you know, the selling part was super exciting, and then the contracting part for the selling part seems to be moving <laughs> at, at like a glacial pace. So you, you know, it's like six months of like people negotiating. Uh, their contracts. So, it's well, this goes along with my theme that I want to talk about. But, but yeah. will you, for a moment, um, yes. talk about selling? And you guys pitched the script. It wasn't a script that you wrote. Yeah, we didn't. We yeah, we just had uh, just like a twelve minute, like you know, one one act play basically, mm-hmm. where we went in. It was, it was uh, Wade, myself, um, an actor named PJ Byrne, who was an actor on Intelligence, who's super foul and funny and awesome, <laughs> uh, and then his writing partner, whose name is Terry Scannell, and we all. Uh, basically came up with this idea and and uh, sort of pitched it to our reps together, and they all were like, listen, no one is going to buy a pitch. <laughs> Just, you know, we can get you in the meetings, but... You're a bunch of TV writers. A bunch and of actors. TV writers, and yeah... Just lower your expectations. <laughs> uh, and so then we went in, we pitched this first place, and we it did not go well. It was like, we, we were like, I was going to crush it, and then the, the person we pitched it to uh, actually sent us an email saying, listen, I really like you guys, but this is what why we're not going to buy your pitch. This is the reason. <laughs> and it was like so obvious and it was so stupid. And it was like basically in, in the effort of doing the song and dance, um, we did all of the singing and all the dancing and we just had like left all of the work we had done in terms of the heart and the emotion. We just had like, <laughs> that, was, like on, that was on the computers back in, the, you know, in our office. But we had it all. We just didn't pitch it because it didn't seem as fun as, like, all the shenanigans that go with pitching. So we were like, what? 
So we went back and kind of retooled the pitch and just sort of took some of the shenanigans out, made room for the heart, and went into the second place. And the second place bought it in the room. <laughs> and then the first place that heard about this and then wanted us to come back in and repitch it. <laughs> and then, you know, but every place we went into after that had basically made an offer and... That's why that's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, really. It turns out emotion is more important than just jokes, you guys. That's <laughs> that's the <laughs> the lesson learned there. Even though it's a comedy, you know, mm-hmm. it's a really foul, foul comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like they don't. It's oddly they trust that the jokes will be there. They know the jokes. Mm-hmm. But well, yeah. and and um, they want to be amusing in a room, no doubt. And PJ yes. is a funny guy. Yes, that's say, true. So like they're they're getting that anyway. Yeah, totally. So it was a really it was a fun experience. Like I feel pretty. You know, I don't really ever get any stress about pitching. Mm-hmm. You know, you've done it so much. But oddly, like, you know, like, PJ like, gets worked up like an actor gets worked up <laughs> to do it. Like, he's, like, he wants to, like, do, like, vocal warm-ups. And, you know, like, <laughs> like before we'd go in, he's like, okay, let's just, I won't know their lines. Like, it's like, oh, come on. We do this. This is what we do. But uh, it was a great experience. And then we just, like, sort of sat on our hands while lawyers and agents and managers presumably emailed and talked back and forth for yeah. six months. And <laughs> Yeah, so officially, where are you? Right now, we are officially not technically, but officially. <laughs> God, I don't even know how to answer that. We are working outside of basically. We are. Yeah. We have not been commenced yet. They're still like in the final <laughs> draft of the script. You want? We have not started the script. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, for for Wade yeah. and I are trying a thing, which is we're not going to write a script until we get commenced, as is the contract. <laughs> uh, we'll see if we can actually win that. I know in features that's often a losing. But it really battle, has so. almost been a year. Uh, yeah, well, like it was like first quarter. Of it year, was wasn't first it? quarter that we went and pitched it. Yeah, right. so that you sold it. I guess that's true. Wow. What are the chances that once you're officially commenced, they'll expect the script two right. weeks later? Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is that the, the <laughs> dangerous game we're playing is the minute we're commenced. I think we have ten weeks to turn it in. Yeah. So we kind of want need to get a little ahead because, mm-hmm. especially because there's four of us. Like we're not always like PJ's an actor. He's in Scorsese's new right. HBO show, like the Mick Jagger show. Yeah, like we're never in the same state, let alone you know in the yeah. same room half the time. So we kind of have to be a little ahead just mm-hmm. um but yeah it's once that starts the clock will go much faster than i think okay. we're prepared for and theoretically it could hit you during your hiatus which we should say intelligence ended yes you were up in staffing season again yes i went went to a show called the hundred mm-hmm. for its second season mm-hmm. which i had only watched as a fan the first season and, and really enjoyed so i was kind of excited to to be considered for that show and and uh, once I, like, the very first day, like, I heard what our plan was for the season, like, what the showrunner's name was Jason Rothenberg, what he had, like, wanted to do, it was so fucked up that I was like, <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Like, I can't believe that we get to do this. Yeah. And we, I'm right now writing the first part of the finale, uh, the two-part finale, and I think we've done it. Like, it's so insane, and it's so big. And it's completely not what you would see on the CW. Cool. Um, it's merciless. It's That's really, great. really merciless. It's so. interesting to me that, you know, up until now, I think you've only been a part of first season shows. Yeah. Though, right? Yeah. Nothing has, has made it to a second season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was I trying. Thought to... That was me. No, it's definitely, that's definitely me. No, we were together. I mean, no. My son has a theory that I'm like the show killer. My son's ten. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's Ginsburg and McIntyre. It might be. It yeah. might be Ginsburg and McIntyre. Sure. It's actually Schulner. Oh, it might be Schulner. <laughs> well, yeah. but it was intelligence and intelligence. good guys. Good guys. Right. Good guys. I think I call it. I think of it as having two seasons because we got a back. We got a back <laughs> nine or something. We got some weird. It was, we had a twenty That's episode true. first season, but it was divided. Yeah. I was going through some paperwork for a whole other reason, but I found these old good guys stubs, <laughs> and I was like looking through them, and I was like, "Good God, I was on that show for over a year. Like, we a were, time. yeah, we were on that show for a long, long time. Yeah. So, in, I, I call Texas. that two seasons, even though it's only. <laughs> 
that count? Uh, yeah. No, you're still a show killer. No. <laughs> um, so let me just ask you briefly, how was it stepping into a second season show? Uh, it's weird. It's definitely yeah. weird. Because, like, half the staff left mm-hmm. for uh, various reasons. And so half the staff that was there had right. spent a year or however long, you know, many months worth, you know, with these characters, developing the characters, knowing the world inside out. So the first, like, month, like, you'd pitch things and that seemed cool. And they would either have already talked about it sure. in a room last year and had, you know, written it off for some reason that, you know, is to be discussed. Or, like, you pitch something that's, like, totally against the character that they just know better than you. Right. Like, they're like, oh, they would never do that. And you're like, oh, right, okay, I see that right. now. They've been living with these characters. Yeah, so it's, so there was a lot of respect, like, figure out, like, what, you know. Mm-hmm. And then they also, the other weird thing is that they all talk about them as the actor names. Oh, really? And I don't know, and I didn't really know who the actors were at that right. time when I started. So they'd be like, oh, Bob does this. And I'm like, wait, which one's Bob? Like, I don't know who's, you know, you know now we have, like, you know, now I know them all, the actors. But at the time, it was like a big That's learning really curve. Funny. Yeah. You don't hear that a lot. <laughs> no. Because um, I think we tend to ignore the actors. No, no. <laughs> we have just characters to us. Yeah. We have a pretty big cast. So you sort of That's have true. to, like, keep, you know, we have, I don't know, how many principals? It's like, 100. 20 people. Yeah. It's not 100. It's not 100. It's not 100. <laughs> not 100. <laughs> only, only 48 survived the first season, so it's, okay. it's... Was there talk about changing the name of the show? <laughs> there has not been any talk they of that. They should really... I know, they should. <laughs> Just say, make uh, it like a countdown. Yeah, until... Get ready for the rest of the season, you guys. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. I've been enjoying watching the fan interaction with you. On Twitter, because your yeah. showrunner's not on Twitter. Right? He is. No, he's on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess he's, I only see your feed. Yeah, I, we we both have very different um, energies towards the fans. <laughs> like I like to sort of tease and coax them into a fury. Yes, you do. Um, and then our showrunner <laughs> likes to just berate them because they because they want certain things. The fans want certain things. Mm-hmm. Like they want certain characters to be together. You know, like Ross and Rachel style, and like. He's just like that. He, he basically is like that will not happen, and he puts his foot down and he mocks them for it. And I oddly, I don't know if it it might happen. We don't know. Like we're we talk about it all the time, but he kind of doesn't want to do it only as a like in spite you know in despite them, which is <laughs> right. really weird. But the story might end up there anyway. So who knows? Sure. Who knows where Bob and Janice want to go? I'm sure it is. Uh, Emily, how has your 2014 been? It's been. Pretty good so far. Um, so far, so far, it's over. Look, a lot can happen in two weeks. It's a big month. Uh, where did the year begin for you? What were you working on? What was going on? Well, it began. I was working with my writing partner last year on Trophy Wife, which we co-created. Mm-hmm. Which another another show that that survived one season. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, you guys were right next to the intelligence sets. So yeah, would, that's right. That's right. I would constantly go over and visit Bradley. So, and oh, right him. from the good yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. We and we did. We had such a good time, and mm-hmm. the cast was so great. Yeah, and it was fun. Everybody, and um, it was also very busy, very time consuming. <laughs> um, so this year has been sort of weird. Sarah and I are just. Um, not just, but have been focusing on development. We're in the third year of a deal at ABC, and so we didn't staff this year. We're developing two projects whose fate we will learn sometime, possibly within the next yeah. two weeks, possibly in Oh, January. that's why you're talking about <laughs> yeah. the next two weeks. So, we're, so, so, yeah, I could tell you more about how the year has been going in, in likely two or three weeks. Um, but it, it actually, I mean, Trophy Wife was fantastic, and we would have loved to get another season, sure. but, but given that we didn't, 
we were grateful for the full season and had a great time and learned a lot. But this year has been a ni- nice in a sort of a welcome change of pace mm-hmm. because it really was just a crazy amount of work. And oh, of course. developing is quite a lot of work, too, but it's just been a little different in that we can set our own hours to some extent. Right. Less costume wardrobe meeting. Exactly. <laughs> probably. Exactly. Less questions about the color of things. Yeah. Those are the meetings I'm always like, I don't know how to dress myself. How am I supposed to dress the character? Yeah. Uh, uh, so let's let's talk for a second about this development. So you guys were uh, are under this deal. Mm-hmm. Um, how does it work? You guys have a slew of ideas, no doubt, and the Hundreds network probably has <laughs> expectations. I only have forty eight. <laughs> Down to 48. We're going to change the title. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how how did how did it work? Did you guys kind of gather ideas and then go pitch to the network studio? Yeah, whomever? that is kind of how it worked this year, and we didn't have. We actually didn't have ideas going into it because we'd just been coming off the show, sure. and so there was sort of a period of just thinking up some some ideas for shows <laughs> and and um and the deals with ABC Studios and mm-hmm. they've been been great in that you know they're selling a lot more places now, so we sort of come up with the idea. We started pitching it early to them and to our agents and managers. And how early and, did you start pitching? Oh God, I think I feel like this year was everyone said it was late. Like, mm-hmm. I know we didn't actually go out and do our pitches, right. most of them until, like, late August, early September, which is late. So, yeah. sort of thinking backwards, it was probably five or six months before that. Okay, but, so that's yeah. pretty early. I mean, yeah. that's, like, February, March. Yeah, yeah. Know. And I think we came up with some ideas we liked. One, we knew we wanted to work again on one project with Lee Eisenberg and Jim mm-hmm. Stubnitsky, who we did Trophy Wife with and had a great time. So that was sort of in talking to them that we sort of landed on one idea and then um, and then sort of chose from our other ideas in talking with the studios and sort of figuring out what networks we wanted to pitch to and what would be the best fit for each idea and then go out and pitch, see who wants it, and, and then the sort of business people take it from there. Right. Um, although ironically or not ironically, both of our projects have wound up at ABC this year. So, really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, but I think we feel good in that... You know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But but should they go forward, the premise premises of both I think lend themselves well to like an ABC kind of network show. So. Sure, and they must think so. Yeah, I hope um, so. <laughs> right. so. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, finally, we'll find but, out. Um, I, I remember when we talked at ATX, uh, mm-hmm. you talked a little bit about sort of the autobiographical beginnings of Trophy One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, was that the case with these two other projects? It wasn't. Um, one of them, which we're now doing as a multicam at ABC, which was, we sort of pitched it ambiguously, not not as either, although hmm. the premise does lend itself nicely to multicam, and ultimately we were happy to do it since they are both at ABC, at least we don't feel like we're competing with each other. Because sure. mm-hmm. um, the other's a single cam, and that one, it's it's sort of loosely the premise is, it's two sisters, and they're... Um, we we pitched it jokingly, but it's become pretty true as like a funny version of the movie Blue Jasmine, the very sad movie Blue Jasmine, uh, or Streetcar Named Desire. Uh, what? Uh, it's sort of the the rich privileged sister. Uh, her life falls apart. Her marriage falls apart. Loses all her money, and she's forced to move back home in the house she grew up with her mm-hmm. sister, who's helping take care of their elderly dad. And we have some other characters in the show, but it. Um, yeah, Checked just out. less sad. Less, less sad is the goal. Um, well, and with a multicam, I yes. mean, no matter how you were originally pitching it, when you wrote it, you had to write it as a multicam. Yeah, and speaking of sort of feeling like constrained, I mean, it's interesting because in some ways, I actually really like 
being given certain constraints because yeah. it's it's like the blank page can be so mm-hmm. sort of overwhelming and intimidating sure. that that even um, this is the first time we've written a multicam, but it's it's it feels a little bit similar to writing a play sometimes, and that you know you know, sort of your locations and you know your constraints and you write within them and it helps sort of steer the material. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been fun. But that one, I would say, is is closer to autobiographical. Sarah does have a sister. I, but just in sort of female relationships and how these two sure. sisters get along, it's probably a little bit me and my brother, her and her sister, me and Sarah a little. Yeah. So, so, and, and, um, and I think we also both have... Um, experience just in different ways like your your parents getting older and and so that's a sort of a part of the show too so i think we have some autobiographical elements in this one yeah that makes sense and what about the other the other's a single cam we're doing it with lee and jean and we're also um doing it with uh the actress eva longoria Mm -hmm. and she uh is on as a producer currently potentially to star right i remember reading about this yes um but she has been fantastic, and this whole premise was based on an idea for a character that she really brought mm-hmm. to us, and I think it's loosely based on her. Um, but this has been a totally new experience for us. First of all, working sort of with an actress and producer yeah. from the beginning, um, but also sort of being given this just really kind of fun, larger-than-life character. It's to quickly as sort of like an affable meddler, like someone who can't help but get involved in other people's lives and, and is always trying to see the best in people. And we've sort of created this world for her along with Eva and Lee and Jean. Mm-hmm. And so that's been, it's felt very collaborative and, and really kind of a lot of um, a lot of fun working on it. That's and now cool. Will, yeah, mm-hmm. Will, she's, she's also got a lot of projects this yeah. year. She's a very busy woman. But. So how did you guys find a foothold in... Like, she's presenting you with this character, mm-hmm. basically. How yeah. did you guys find the thing to hold on to to make this, in part, your story as well? Well, we really... Um, I mean, I think part of it was creating the cast of characters that would sort of surround her in the world, and and uh, partly it was stuff that we thought would just... Uh, sort of play well and be the funniest, but it was also, I think, probably coming from Trophy Wife, we were thinking in terms of, like, who is this family that surrounds mm-hmm. her, and whether it's her family biologically or just her group of friends, but it was, I think, that sort of... It was all it was all in conjunction with Eva, and it was all talking about... A lot of it was um, listening to her stories and listening to the people in her lives, and it's all very exaggerated, and it's certainly not autobiographical <laughs> for her either, right. but it helped us sort of as writers get a sense of who we could pair with this person and what sorts of situations we could we could put her in. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, this is... So, uh, to me, this year was uh, about how hard it is to make things. <laughs> uh, you know, just to get something made, even if it's something that people want, even if it's something that has been paid for, <laughs> it is hard to make things. Even if you mm-hmm. actually have hired a crew and uh, exactly have a start date. So let me, <laughs> <laughs> let me uh, pick this up from Emily, but then I want to go to you, Josh, and talk about your show. <laughs> Um, the show that never was. Yeah. Um, were there were there pitches? Were there roads that you and Sarah went down that didn't quite take? Uh huh. Yes, there was in the beginning. Because you made it sound very easy. No, no, not at all. And it, I mean, it's easy in that it's fun coming up mm-hmm. with working That's with true. your writing partner and coming up with ideas. And and I do think that when you've been doing it for a few years in TV, you sort of learn in a good way not to be too precious about anything, especially mm-hmm. early on, because you just sort of know everything's going to change a hundred times. Um, but yes, there was one idea that we started off with. It was sort of a... 
a little bit of a stay home dad. He sort of there was a politician. He was a politician, and then he and his wife switched roles, and it was a whole thing. And we so we sort of we we went down two different roads with it, and we're talking to Lee and Jean about it a little mm-hmm. while, and then it just sort of it, it didn't happen, and it and mm-hmm. it um, it didn't take. And I think you know maybe it's something we'd revisit in the future, mm-hmm. and maybe it just wasn't wasn't there for mm-hmm. to have. You know, it's a it's a weird balance. I know all of you guys have been through this though, of like you want to make this pitch complete enough yeah. <laughs> that you can talk about it, but you don't want to put in all the work for nothing yes. also. Yeah. No, it's, you know, it's funny, it's hard, but actually for both projects that we have this year, we developed full pitches, put a lot mm. of time and work into it, you go and you do the whole pitch, and both of them changed very significantly after the outline stage. Hmm. And that is also just kind of, it's hmm. random, but it, but but one of them really significantly in terms of premise and the other just the entire story changed. So it's... Interesting. I do think part of it is just, I try to look at it like when you're at work, those are just your work hours and you may, you're going to be working on something, whether <laughs> you're blowing true. it apart and starting over or working on the same idea. But it really does, um, it always happens differently, but I feel like a lot of development, I at least haven't experienced yet having the same exact idea and pilot story that you start with in the beginning sure. being the, the thing that you wind up with at the end. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> what was this show? Uh, well, you know, so I have a deal at Universal, and um, I I had some ideas that you know of my own that I was pitching. I had an idea of my own that I was a friend of mine was going to write that I was supervising, and I had something that Universal thought we were going to do, and then it fell apart. And so I was kind of late in the first season, and I didn't actually have in the first year of my deal, and didn't actually have what I was doing, and they asked me to supervise a guy who had already sold to NBC this big canvas, you know, as they called it, you know, it was Wizard of Oz meets Game of Thrones. Wow. And it was Wizard of Oz. I mean, it was it was, yeah. it was called Emerald City, and it was Wizard of Oz, but it was like a very Game of Thrones vibe. And this writer had come up with this very imaginative, dark... And it was a really cool take. I mean, I, I really liked what the take was. And he and I met and we had a long meeting and, and I said, yeah, I'll do that. And, and, and then very soon after that, I sold a pitch of my own as well. Um, which I think we'd, I was just starting to write maybe last time yes, we talked about that. Yeah, the so. time travel, yeah. uh, halfway house for time travel. <laughs> it's such a great idea. <laughs> it's awesome. When, what channel is it on? Uh, it's on the channel of you're never going to see it. Dang it. Uh, I remember. That's my favorite channel. Yeah. yeah. So I many know. things are all the good stuff. Great stuff is. There. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I remember you were so, like, you couldn't even talk about the time travel math that was going on in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, and I, you know, it's, and I wrote the script and I, it was, it's probably my one of my favorite scripts I've ever written. I mean, my agent said that it's the best script I've ever written. Um, wow. It, uh, it's, <laughs> so anyone who wants to come to my house okay. and we'll do yeah. a traumatizing <laughs> yeah. uh, version of, uh, yeah. of the lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, so, but that was going on. I mean, it was, it was kind of crazy. I was writing that. I was, I was down in Manhattan beach nine to six, um, Mm-hmm. With you know, with Avatar, I was, and then I was also supervising this other guy. So it'd be like from driving home from six to seven from Manhattan Beach was the hour I would spend like talking to him on the phone and giving wow. notes or on notes calls. Every notes call was scheduled at six ten to you know, oh my god, whatever. <laughs> yeah, as I yeah. drove up to on the, those uh, calls, like what what were you covering? What were you talking about on his, for his? Was, I mean, it, was it for the pilot? Was it? It for was for his production? pilot script. Okay. Well, no, no. At that time, it was his pilot script, but we had. It's a. I mean, it was a complicated thing where he had written a numerous, numerous drafts. I mean, somewhere in there, he'd written a lot of drafts, and 
there were some things that the network wasn't happy with, and they and and they asked me to do a polish on it or mm-hmm. rewrite on it, um, which I really was loath to do. I mean, I, I don't want to do that to someone. I mean, yeah. I, I, as a showrunner, when I'm the showrunner, I mean, I, right. I, that's part of the gig. But and even in features, it's a different. It's story. a whole different animal, and and this is that's this unusual on TV. Unusual to do it, I think, before before anything had happened. Yeah. But <clears throat> he had done a lot of drafts and. <clears throat> He was lovely about it, and that's good. You know, I, I, I mean, I told him I didn't want to do it, and they basically said, "This is part of the thing when you take on supervising. Mm-hmm. Like, it's assumed that you're going to warranty this, you know, product. Mm-hmm. You know, in essence, and you do you. That's something you have to be prepared to do when you supervise a product, something. I, I had supervised, quote unquote, supervised. I had worked with. They called supervising, but the two times I'd previously worked in that capacity had been with kind of very experienced writers who really just. Yeah weren't going to stay with necessarily with it. They wanted someone kind of TV who would stay on. I mean, and so I'd never had to ever touch a, a script before in that capacity. And in this case, he was a newer writer and, and, you know, I had to do it. So I did a polish on it. They, um, <laughs> they called me up and in the same, it was like, they basically NBC called me up and said, well, this is a good news, bad news call. And I was like, to me, I just hear it. It's bad news call. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. You know, they said, you know, your script that you've written, we're not going to go ahead with. Um, and, and literally there was no pause. I don't even think there was a comma or anything. It was just like, there was just an and. It was like a run on good news, bad news. And, and they said, um, and if you're willing to, you know, take over, like, and be the sh- commit mm. to being the showrunner of the show, and that you're going to be the responsible one creatively, we'll give you ten episodes on the air. That was the sentence. That's so wow. crazy. And wow. I and I said, okay, well, I've got to go. I'm, I'm, my heart is crushed. So if you give me, <laughs> you know, a minute, and they said, well, we really need you to come in on the phone. Uh, <laughs> what? Because we want to go tell, you know, Bob Greenblatt that you said yes. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to go hang up, and I'm going to go call my agent and right. talk to him because you've crushed my heart, and I'm going to go figure <laughs> like what's going on. Yeah. So I mean, if, I knew I was going to do it, but I, I you know, I, I so. What a strange situation. Never mind the. That phone was the call. nicest mm-hmm. that they were. Um, but but like that, we we're not going to use your script, but yeah. we trust you enough to yeah. run this show yeah. and to have be the voice of the show. In and I ways. think, and I and I and I think that ultimately. And I, I think that the, for me, the theme of the year is, and it, by the way, it's the theme of most every year, mm-hmm. is, and not, I mean, I'm not even glib, is the power of a brand, the power of a name. And in this particular yeah. case, uh, NBC was very, very invested in doing a Wizard of Oz show. Yeah. They were very invested in it. And they even said that. You know, they said, you know, we're very invested in doing this. And in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, but it's not really that good right now. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it <laughs> right. needs work and, you know, and still need to work. Right. I mean, even All you I mean, have I did is two days of a polish and mm-hmm. it was still, I still saw stuff that, you know, that needed some work. And yeah. it wasn't a script that, you know, I thought was ready to be, you know, have 10 episodes, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Whatever they so I committed to do that and I so I started hired a staff and um, we had a start date and oh uh, and I was so and it, luckily at that point the on Avatar we were we'd gone to script so mm-hmm. I didn't have to go down nine to six anymore right so basically literally almost within like a week I went from <laughs> being in the writers room essentially with with Cameron to running a writers room of my own and so I would write Avatar at night and I would run the sh- you know the room during the day yeah. and um, good lord that's where the thirty pounds came from <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were you know we had and had a vision for the show and um, and then stuff got a little wonky and. <laughs> 
the creator and I, you know, mm-hmm. he he chose to go and uh, take some non-writing, uh, executive producerial capacity uh, work. Um, well, this is always a risk in yeah. teaming people up, you know, yeah. that, like, they're not going to see eye to eye or, you know, one person is less experienced or more experienced or has a vision or doesn't have a vision. And it's challenging. Yeah, it's challenging. And it's and it and it and it, it, it we end up, you know, getting a little divorce. And mm-hmm. you know, and it's 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 painful because you know, I mean it's like I know how he feels, I know it's his baby. And by the way, I know one of the reasons that he wanted to work with me, we he and I talked about it, was my experience on Sarah Connor, my fear mm-hmm. as a first time creator that I was going to have the show taken away from me. I mean, he and I spent oh, no. hours talking, like, I mean, in our first meetings talking about that that's, that was my form of experience was I was oh. terrified they were going to bring on a showrunner who yeah. was going to take the show away from me. And luckily I got John Worth who didn't take the show right. away from me and he got me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it the was, lesson is how, get John Worth. It, that guess. is a lesson, by the way. That's always a lesson. That is a lesson. I, and I... I, um, I you know, and then it's an interesting thing. And then I did a massive rewrite of my little rewrite mm-hmm. as we were working on the show. We broke all we broke all ten episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got a staff of writers now. Well, like you're, you're treating show. it as a show that's it's going. It's a show. It's, yeah. it's got start date. We're interviewing. I mean, we're talking to directors. We're interview, I mean, we're, we're making a cow. television show. I mean, we hired a line producer. We were shooting in Budapest. We had uh, we were. Oh, I had a production designer, a line producer, a costume designer. We were. In casting, oh my god! We, I was I saw you know fifty Dorothys. I mean, we were making a television show. There was nothing about it not making a television show, except that we didn't <laughs> end up making a television show. Uh, and I basically, I mean, the, I got into a war with NBC over the creative direction of the show. I mean, hmm. that's the best, hmm. least politic way to say it. Mm-hmm. And the best quote that I can give to summarize the entire experience. <laughs> I can't wait for this. Is that you know we this guy and then he and I had gone in. We had pitched it as you know. Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and and the kickoff beating right where they tell you go make the show. They sat down and the NBC woman said to us, "She's like, I, I remember very distinctly. She said, I want the show to be as close to Game of Thrones as you can make it on network television." And you know that means different things for different people, you yeah. know. Um, mm-hmm. And so I rewrote the script. They didn't even know that I was rewriting it as much as I was because mm-hmm. I just, you know, I got into it. And we were breaking, we'd broken 10 episodes. So I went back knowing what sure. I wanted the first season to be and rewrote the first episode to make it that way. Because we actually had the luxury of some time. Mm-hmm. How often can you actually mm-hmm. make the pilot talk yeah. to yeah. episode 10? Only Vince Gilligan. Only Vince Gilligan, <laughs> right. And um, And so I, you know, when we handed the script in, they kind of... Uh, freaked out and a little bit, and and this was it. Was that script to you as close to NBC Game of Thrones as that's what I think? Yeah. yeah, and and the quote was, I, "I is that she said they said to us, well, it's so dark and it's such a big ensemble and it's this and and the Universal said to them, well, you asked Josh to do Game of Thrones and they said, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Does and, does Dorothy die in the pilot? Does she get her head cut off? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> surprisingly. No, but it, but it became they're down to forty eight dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> I mean, but that became a large part of the conflict, which was what it turned is they really wanted a Dorothy centric kind of Hunger Gamesy. Like to them, it's Dorothy on the poster, and then everyone else mm-hmm. in the shadows. And mm-hmm. I had written true. Ensemble, right? Which um, Game of Thrones is? Which Game of Thrones is? You know, which is which was multi perspective, mm-hmm. where Dorothy isn't necessarily the A story every week. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. the, Dorothy could be a C story. You know, mm-hmm. and 
the wizard might be the A story or a witch, you know, and all. And that's how we had broken it. That's how we had pitched it. I mm-hmm. pitched them all ten episodes. I spent an hour pitching the entire season, oh pitched every episode, mm-hmm. and how it all worked. And they somehow it didn't sink into them that that's actually what I was doing. So every note I would get back on every script was a Dorothy note. Why isn't Dorothy more proactive here? Why isn't mm-hmm. Dorothy bigger? Well, Dorothy only has you know ten scenes. Why doesn't she have twenty scenes? Right. Why didn't she? Why any? And I just kept saying, well, because she's not. We're doing Game of Thrones, right. and they were like, Dorothy, Dorothy, do you not Dorothy, huh. Dorothy? And, <laughs> and I mean, and it was it went on for months, and eventually, um, it's it's how it was written in headline is not exactly. Eventually, I mean, I I, don't, I promised myself I wouldn't say what actually happened, but I quit. Mm-hmm. I walked off the show. And then they shut it down. Mm-hmm. And and they had done a number of different things along the way to inspire my, uh, <laughs> sure. my walking. No, it uh, clearly was not a good experience. It was, it was the worst experience I've ever had in television. Oh, wow. wow. But I wonder, I mean, we look at, and, and you guys mentioned this, that like this buying season was all about these known commodities, right? And I wonder if we're going to, as well as chasing Game of Thrones or Mad Men or like certain other yeah, shows. Breaking, yeah. Uh, yeah, Breaking Bad. And I wonder if this is a problem that we're going to run into more and more as these shows that sold come to fruition or don't, where like everybody thinks they're on the same page. Everybody thinks they know what... A Wizard of Oz story is, right, for NBC. But we're really, it's the same problem we always have, which is we have to communicate the specifics of this story to each other. Like I said, I I did a one hour, I did every episode, you know, and, 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 you know, it's, it's just about it. Everyone sees it, but it's the way it is with everything, you know, it's like everyone sees it, the show in their head, you know, Mm -hmm. and you do the best you can to communicate what that means. At the end of the day, you know, you, you have to sit down and say, well, I mean, in, in this case, it was, I'm not the right person to make the show you guys want, and you're not the right network to make the show that I want. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the studio was very supportive of our vision for the show and loved the material yeah, and like, loved the scripts and was very I mean, good. This, it, it just Yeah, but this isn't the first time that, like, a network has... This has happened to me. That, <laughs> well, specifically, yeah, yeah. it has happened to you. Yeah. But as I, I was going to say that, like, you know, I feel like networks are, you know, in the last few years has cable's been... Getting to do much cooler stuff is trying. They all want to do their cable thing until they are in the middle of it, and then they yeah. get cold feet. And yeah. I, this is by far a common thing. Like it's yeah. not the first time we've heard a story similar to this, where it's like you give them a cable show, and then they're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, freaking yeah. out. You also wonder when they say, and who knows, but, you know, we want our Game of Thrones, that potentially what, what's behind that is we want our very popular, yeah, critically right. acclaimed yeah. Emmy-winning or, right. you know, show without any of the same yes, premise. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard, but it, but it is. It's like, it's very hard to know what's in different people's heads. Right. To them, that may mean we want something sexy and violent right. that mm-hmm. we think is cool. And mm-hmm. when you're a writer, you think... Oh, so that's a multi-perspective, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. threads of stories that run in parallel and don't all have to come together at the end of the. I mean, I mean, I, I have my own issues with Game of Thrones, but I mean, it's <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's a completely different interpretation because you're thinking as a writer and they're thinking it as marketing executives. Yeah, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. They're not yeah. thinking about story either. Right. So, so how do we how do we bridge that gap? You know, I mean, you worked with developing these two pilots mm-hmm. this year, Emily. Uh, Aaron, you've been working, you know, trying to get, translate your ideas to serve the show that you're on. You know, we've all kind of had to do this. So how, how do we communicate more clearly? And how do we get that communication? 
I feel like I, my perspective is a little strange because the hundred is was you know pitched I believe by Jason Rothenberg to be sort of a Game of Thrones style show that has multi perspective, big giant mm-hmm. cast, and is really really dark and does not focus on romancy teen stuff. It, it's all about survival and and that's what we do. Like it's we're not pretty. I mean, obviously we're not emulating Game of Thrones exactly because it's a whole different world and a whole right. different set of problems. But the thing that I like about it is it's the first show that's been so serialized. In the way that Game yeah. of Thrones is serialized, like well, we get to tell really complicated stories and bounce around, and we have a giant cast, and so sometimes, yeah, our lead gal who's amazing uh, only will have like a C story runner, and that is, and the studio and the network don't, yeah, don't bulk it. Uh, uh, that's not the right word, but they don't bump mm-hmm. on that at all. They they really are encourage it, you know. They and they on their notes. To be fair, I've been you know making sure that if it's only a ten scene arc for her, that she has a journey in that ten scene arc. Mm-hmm. If we were, if there's an episode where we don't land that, like those kind of notes, but we want those mm-hmm. things. But so it's been a very, it's been a very liberating. Like we don't get told no very much, and the show is, is a success. I think because of it, because the show is a pure vision of the writers and the creator and the network and studio seem to be understanding it sort of miraculously like they let us get away with some crazy crazy yeah. shit on this show what about your relationship with the showrunner though like how do you make sure like if you're pitching a scene you're pitching a story whatever it is uh how do you make sure that your intentions for this are clear so there's no there's not a, a huge gap for interpretation well, that's tricky. I mean, like he's he is a, a is a writer who needs to sort of see it on the page to fully get it. So sometimes you'll pitch things, and then once you write it, he won't. He'll we'll have to go back and like kind of rebreak it after it's been written, mm. which is is not a process that Wade and I obviously are used to. Yeah. Um, but I've gotten much better at it. Like I feel like you know the nice thing is like I feel like I get the show and what he wants to do, and like really early in the season, there was this character that. That everyone like loved this really badass character that had been built up the whole first season and was going to be basically like in the creator's mind the key to the whole second season. Like this character is going to be how the second season will will unfold. And I, I was like the first week, and I said, "Well, what if we um, just shoot her in the head?" Like surprisingly, <laughs> right right in the in the moment where things could, if she were alive, everything would go much better, and we just kill her and and derail what we had planned. And he, honestly, guy, he was like. Oh my god, I love I love this. I love you. This is amazing. Like and we did it and people were stunned that we did it. And and it, well, he just wants to fuck with the audience. Yeah, but it also made it basically what it did is it made the journey of everyone impossible for the season, yeah. which made every, all the drama immediately escalate. Like we had this character that cool. seemed like this everyone loved her. She was this badass uh character named Anya and Everyone was like, she could could have like, if she had been alive, it would, you could see that version of the season, yeah. mm-hmm. and it would have been really neat. And without her, and the way that she died, it was like, now we still need to kind of, we're still aiming for that same end of the season, but now getting there is like impossible because of this death. Mm-hmm. And it, well, that's it, good. That's what you yeah. want. From yeah, the story totally. And so, and that was the moment where I, I knew, like, okay, we can really. Like, we can just do anything on this show. Like, <laughs> like people thought she was going to be in it the whole season, right. you know? And that's what I thought. And I was like, you know what would really suck is if she died right now. <laughs> you know? Let's do it. That's interesting. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> I would have done it with Dorothy if they would have let me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I wondered. I, I was only half joking when I asked. but like, I, I think... Because yeah. that would have been pretty spectacular, right? Yeah. My, my, yeah. I've actually <laughs> had a lot of many different times, which is the thing they hated most of it. Anything was that I said, look... 
this is one of the problems with brands, I think, is that you get uh, attached to things for the wrong reasons. Yeah. You know, if you went back and watched Wizard of Oz, Dorothy is and has been throughout time one of the least interesting characters in literature. <laughs> you know, and which is what I kept saying to them. I said yeah, she's like know, a mirror, right? She's, she's walks mirror, around. Yeah, and she's like, a fish out of water, but you yeah. know, she has no power. She has no nothing. She looks. <laughs> she looks at stuff. She meets people. She eventually throws water on a witch. You know, like she's yeah. everything. She has she, a strong goal, though. Yeah, she is, I want to go home. Yeah. You know, yeah. But that, yeah, I don't want to be here. But to use that every right, I don't want to be in your television show. What yeah. you're saying yeah. every episode is how do I get out of this television show? And yeah. And I, you know, and that's what I kept saying to them. I'm like, you know, this is to make her interesting as a writer's challenge that we're working on. But like, one of the ways that we can, you know, like, but if we have other <laughs> yeah. characters that have that are really cool, we don't have to have this. I mean, it's it happens on a lot of shows. It's what I used to call like the donut hole approach, which is the person whose name is usually in the title yeah. or occasionally is the lead character is often mm-hmm. the most boring character because people have like gotten excited about one idea about mm-hmm. it and then they really don't take it all the way through, mm-hmm. you know, take it through, and that, that, that lead character is often a... It also feels like, for, for what you were doing, like, in terms of rebranding or reimagining Wizard of Oz for a television show, that to start with the conceits people know and then rip them away, and then you're left with something that can actually exist as a television show, not trying to make this movie last ten episodes, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, now you have, to, you have to change the game, which I think would be interesting. For sure. Yeah. You know, yes. what's really funny too is Sarah and I. I mean, this was years ago now, but when in our sort of when we first went out developing, one project we worked on was for NBC, and it was a Wizard of Oz. It was comedy, Wizard of Oz, <laughs> a take on Wizard of Oz, and what they wanted that year was uh, Wizard of Oz meets Sex in the City, and that yeah. was what we did. And it was much less. It sounds like less high profile. We didn't get nearly as five. It didn't get made to pilot or anything, but it was it. A lot of the struggles sound very similar. And, oh my and it, god! Yeah, it they was just like, need to screen Wizard of Oz and see what that movie yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I keep saying, you guys. I, you know, have you watched Game of Thrones recently or Wizard of Oz? <laughs> right. Have you watched yeah. either of those shows? Back to back would be preferable. Yeah, yeah. Don't tell me what you remember it as. <laughs> it will not surprise me if their next like live musical is Wizard of Oz. Oh right, it has to be. <laughs> I don't know. It would probably do well. I, you know, <laughs> maybe I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so fun. I, I watched. I watched. Uh, I can't. Probably shouldn't get it. But I did watch Peter Pan the whole thing. Actually, I had you couldn't turn away. Jeremy liked over. Like, you know, I, no, I actually invited people over. Oh, nice. yeah, oh, I watched it and watched it. You know, and I, and and at many many points, I just would turn to uh, one of my friends next to me who had been on Emerald City, uh, and, I, and we would look at each other and go. Oh, this is the network that we tried to do the show about about the drug addict witches, right. you know, yeah. who run yeah. the whorehouse. You know, I mean, it's just like, yeah. And, and like, what were we thinking? Right. What were they thinking? It's really more. I mean, I know I was thinking like, are they going to, you know? Yeah. But well, and that's I mean, that's in part kind of an NBC problem right now is like they're throwing things at a dartboard. You know, they they don't quite know what they want their yeah. network to be where I feel like uh, and we had a CBS ex- exec here a couple weeks ago who has a very strong idea of what a CBS show is. And I feel like ABC, especially in comedy, is doing that. Like, yeah, they know what an ABC well show is. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention that that donut hole effect um, seems like it is not as big a problem in comedy. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, I'm thinking specifically of Trophy Wife, where you had your main character kind of drove all the plots. Yeah. Um, and, and even these these shows you're you're uh, describing, it feels like they're very driven by that that main character yeah or or sort of the main couple Mm -hmm. i do think that's true and i i i I don't know if it's because they're less 
comedies to adapt for networker, but it, it <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree that I think it's, I mean, comedy sort of poses its own challenges, but I, but I, I do think that's true. Isn't it all, I mean, maybe part of it is also that in comedy, there's a lot more kind of writing for a star or for a comedian, you know, like yeah, someone yeah. comes that it's, in a, it's a much more, you know, personal and voice driven genre than drama mm-hmm. is, I, I think, you know, and it, it's not trapped with a lot of the same sort of needs for procedure, you know, like needs mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. you know, and the, I think in, in drama, a lot of the main characters end up just being tools for plot, I mean, mm-hmm. a bad, on the bad ones, but, you know, yeah, I think that, you know, you have at least often a very, you know, a focus, sharp focus in, in comedy because if that person has been, you know, conceived as kind of the lightning rod for the show in yeah. ways. yeah. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think we kind of saw this, or have been seeing this in the past couple of years, where the best comedies have the least story. <laughs> I mean, yeah. think of something like Louis. Yeah. There's barely any story there, but, but it's think, compelling all the way through. And it's funny, because I would actually argue, like, I do think having a solid story is really important, even in a comedy. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost especially in a comedy, and I think... But I agree with you in that I think, and Sarah and I found this doing a multicam, you can have a much smaller story and yeah. a much more subtle story. And it and it does help with comedy because you have some real relatable moment that can be tiny. It can be yeah. someone didn't bring the garden hose in. I don't know. But it's yeah. like, and then you create your whole story out of that. And it does take some of the pressure off. And and when it comes to sort of dealing with the network, you know, it's it's nobody's ever going to suggest you kill off a character right. or you, you know, they can ask for stakes, but there are certain right. things that aren't funny. Well, I was going to ask yeah. about that, like on something like it, when the story is so small, which, yeah. uh, you know, you can do in multicam, you can do in single cam. Do you get the note how, uh, to make the stakes bigger or to make it realer or whatever? And how do you address that? Sometimes you do, and we did get it on Trophy Wife, and I think it was also when the ratings weren't what people were hoping mm-hmm. they would be, and the you know, and everyone's looking for ways to boost ratings. It's like I forget how they they, would, they didn't quite call it high stakes, but there was some term for it that mm-hmm. meant get more people to watch. <laughs> oh, promotable moments. That's what it was. Promotable uh, moments. Yeah. What? But I think it's stuff that you can see on a commercial. Yeah, like, oh, I want to watch yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. The wording of that is is oh, yeah. dirty. It's yeah. really dirty. It's so but it was cynical. Like, you know. You appreciate it's a business. It doesn't. It's yeah. not a writer's cooperative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You learn that very quickly. So we, had, yeah, on, on intelligence, we had the opposite problem, which was, um, you know, the pilot in the episode immediately following the pilot was basically Josh Holloway in all of his handsomeness stopping World War Three, right? <laughs> like in the, and then it was like, well, now what's episode three going to be? It's like anything you pitch, the network it was like. This doesn't feel high stakes enough. It's like we oh can't just God. like nuke the world every single episode. Like yeah. we, it's like we set the bar so high early on because we were pushed to do it. I mean, I wouldn't say we did it like willingly, but like that there's no because we, we, we could never go back to a smaller story mm-hmm. and never go back to a like if only one city was in jeopardy, it felt like too small. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like yeah. it's only San Francisco. Uh, well, maybe <laughs> it's like dang it. Like we, why did we do this? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is, Acker and I are writing a bunch of pilots right now just to kind of write some pilots because we can. Um, and that is the question we keep coming to is like, you want to tell the biggest, best pilot story you can. You don't want to leave anything on the table. Yeah. Because likely these are just sample pilots, right? But what if they're not just sample pilots? Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. It's, it's dangerous, I think, in dramas more than mm-hmm. than comedies. It's it's very, it's, it's it's the de- I mean it, it's just it, yeah it's the death of drama. I mean I, yeah. I think it's it's not drama. You know yeah. it's just it's it's just a bad action movie. I mean it's yeah. not it's not drama. Yeah. And I and I, I do think that the 
You know, I think the feature business has affected the TV business both in good and bad ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's 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 you know all you know all more interesting things are happening on the TV side, but it's also it's driven both the good and the bad feature writers into television, mm-hmm. and you end up with a lot of you know drama pilots that are really just busted first acts of bad features, yeah. and mm-hmm. and that don't have. And you know, I, and I started features, but I, and, but I feel like now I'm just like a get off my lawn TV, <laughs> TV writer, where I just sit there and I think, well, well how's that a TV show? You know, like right. how's oh, that yeah. a TV show? You yeah. know, like yeah. and that's not and and this sort of but the way that they solved that wasn't try to like make people make TV shows. They solved it by now doing short order miniseries. Right. We're like, okay, well, it's not really a show. Okay, we'll do six. Right. You know, we'll do ten right. or whatever it is. And then we'll figure it out down the road. So yeah. I mean, in many ways, the the business is adjusting to its, you know, to its own weaknesses, which is, hmm. you know, too many shitty feature writers. In television. <laughs> um, uh, but we're also getting out of that opportunities uh, to tell these close-ended stories, yeah. which we never really got. Which, you know, for yeah. good or bad. I mean, Fargo was one of the highlights of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some, there were other miniseries that didn't work quite. But, there as well. are, but it does it's, it's it does let thing. you it does let like I found myself revisiting my bookshelf. Mm-hmm. You know I'm always looking for you know someone else's stuff to rip off because I'm crazy. But <laughs> uh, but you do I find myself revisiting a number of books that I at one point thought oh that yeah. be, that's too big it's too big for a movie but it's not a TV show you know it's some heffalump in the middle and I go and I, I oh wait that would be great mm-hmm. like eight episodes or yeah. ten episodes you know and. Maybe, you know, if the point here is to tell story, you know, to tell right. stories in whatever size, and maybe that's great. Yeah, you know? it's uh, it's great having this new format, but we can't forget. I mean, how many Trophy Wives did you guys do? We did 22. That's what I thought. It was yeah. a full, full old-style season. Yeah. And, I mean, my only experience in comedy has been a network, but it was, mm-hmm. um, it was a season sort of at the end of the day we were very proud of, but mm-hmm. I remember feeling around episode 15, you know, after that relief of you're so happy you got the back nine and you're mm-hmm. doing it and you're getting into your groove and it was like, there was some moment of like, how are we, how are we going to do this? I don't know, I don't know how we're going to come up with the stories and finish and it's also, you're just so exhausted. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. And that's, that's the other thing. Although you guys were smart on the show to build in this huge cast. That, yes. Like, as much yeah. as things had to take place around your main character, you at least had all these other characters to fill story. And we which were, is all we're insanely to lucky in that every member of our cast was so yeah. strong and funny that we could we it, it gave us a lot of story. Yeah, ridiculous. Opportunities, yeah. Um does anyone have anything more to say about the buying trend this year of everything is a name brand? Uh I there were outside of comedy, which even comedy had them, there were so few original series sold. I can't even think of any. Uh, you know, look, it's a it's a brutally depressing. I mean, I, I I mean, I always come. I feel like I'm I'm the like you know Prince of Darkness whenever I come. <laughs> you know, I I mean, I love my job and they overpay me. You know, and especially for, for what I give them. I mean, uh, but uh, you know, I've had such. I mean, I, you know, I've worked on lots of brands. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. look, the only show that I've had on successfully, I mean, Sarah Connor. I mean, is a as you know as bigger brand as there is, sure. and I've worked on and I've worked on other ones that are really big and. The having the wind at your back in development is such a bizarre feeling. Hmm. I mean, honestly, I mean, and and there were, it's a, and it only comes with these brands. I mean, again, I wrote a script that I think was one of my my favorite scripts I've ever written, and you know, it got great response in terms of that's great writing, it's great writing, it's great writing, and it was a lot of that. But what is the show? What is the show? Or it's just great writing, and we don't want to make this show. We don't see. 
right. making it. You know, we and, don't know how to market it. We don't know how to market it. I'm like, and, yeah. I said, yeah, but I do. You know, I mean, I, I know what this is, and 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 I it, it but it didn't fit into any particular box. You know, I mean, yeah. it was a very strange. It was not a strange script, but it didn't fit into a thing. And it's very depressing to try to again push forward with these originals. So, I mean, the lesson I learn is not a good lesson. You know? I mean, the lesson <laughs> I learn is. All right, I'm going to go downstairs at Meltdown and find and buy ten different comic books and try to find a TV show in them. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and that's not, you know, how I want to. You know, that's not yeah. how good stuff gets done. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Do you guys think with you know having so many outlets now, there is a place for these shows that are that don't fit into a box? I mean, it's clearly not network. I do. I mean, I think, and I've, I've been largely a network, and I'm not writing drama right now, but mm-hmm. I guess I feel like it's a it's a great, I mean, maybe the, I'm the Pollyanna to the Prince of Darkness <laughs> or something, but, I, but I, I think it's a great time to be in television. I think that there are so many opportunities, and, and I don't know. I think maybe, you know, if 2014 was the year of, of the the brand, or, you mm-hmm. know, 2015 could be the year of originals. I don't know. I can't. I, 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 I figure, I feel like it's... um. It does all ebb and flow, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it does sometimes, like, writing for TV can feel like this exercise in doing your best work while at the same time, like, emotionally removing yourself from the process, which is hard yeah. to, to do. But at the same time, it's, I think, like, if everyone knew what they were doing, every TV show would be great. Obviously, nobody has any idea what they're doing. Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's the, I guess the process feels so arbitrary all the time to mm-hmm. me that... You know, I don't know. Insofar as you can enjoy the work and kind of enjoy it when a when a good one slips through, mm-hmm. and I think that's been the biggest lesson from these panels. Really, is like you can't you can't chase a trend. Yeah. You know, you can go downstairs and you can pick ten comics that would make a thing, and those are great pitches. But ultimately, you have to get excited about what you're writing. You have to write the, mm-hmm. a thing you care about. I think that's the. I mean, I, I last year in the middle of this chaos that was, uh, you know. And it was actually near the end of it. I mean, it, was, it was getting in the last few weeks before I and I'd, I'd probably wanted to quit like three, really wanted to quit like three times, and, and based oh on God. some bad things that had happened. And I'd had a I had a meeting. I mean, with an executive at NBC, where I was uh, the executive was trying to convince me just to do what they wanted. I mean, and, yeah, and, I, yeah. and, it, and then and I had already. I mean, I had gutted the first two episodes and redone them. It wasn't like I had been standing there saying, <laughs> "I'm only going to do this." I mean, I would yanked out. You know, sure. I. Got to the pilot a number of times. I'd yanked the entire, you know, technical, whatever, A story out of episode two. I mean, I had, we were wow. really working hard and still trying to maintain the things that we loved about it. Mm-hmm. And the executives, and but there were just things that I just wasn't going to do. And and I remember the executive looked at me, and 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 the executive said it was such, uh, it kind of just it wasn't even being cynical. Uh, she said, um, "Why do you have to like?" Why do you have to love it? Like, she said, does everything have? I mean, she said, does everything have to be a passion project for you? Like, why can't you just do this? That's inspiring. Yeah, yeah. right. That's the clear yeah. as yeah. Uh, pure heart. Yeah, speech. I, yeah. And 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 again, I, I totally. But the thing is, I totally got. I mean, it was yeah, it was soul crushing. But I mean, I, yeah. I, of I, But you, but you like that's their yeah. their approach is, well, just. Fucking do it! Yeah, like yes. why you so fucking difficult? Just execute, oh, just execute, yeah. just execute. You know, it's like why? And it was literally, she was like, "Can't the one you love be at the next one?" Right. Oh my god! And yeah. you're like, "No, it has to be this one." Yeah. yeah. And then it has to be the next exactly. one. Exactly. You know, otherwise yeah. it's gonna be. You know, it's too yeah. many hours a day. Yep. Yeah. 
to know that you're doing something. And it takes so much out of you, and yeah, yeah. you have to yeah. care. Um, let's, um, on a positive note, <laughs> let's, let's wrap up uh, yeah. on a positive note. Um, oh, let me do this. Let me do a bit of housekeeping first. Yes. You guys. Uh, the Nerdist Writers panel has been a blast to do. Uh, I love all the people I have met on it. I love the friends that I have made from doing it. Um, luckily, I'm busy these days. Uh, we are wrapping up the Thrilling Adventure Hour uh, in April, the live shows, uh, after 10 years of doing yeah, them. amazing. We are uh, shooting a pilot presentation in the first quarter of the year. Uh, we also have this day job, uh, Acker and I, on Puss in Boots, the DreamWorks show, which is a lot of fun. Um, so these Nerdist Writers panels have been uh, sort of hard to book. <laughs> You've noticed that we haven't done a lot of live ones this year. So starting in 2015, uh, we're going to go down to roughly every other week with them. Um, we've been doing weekly for almost three years, I think. Uh, there's like 170 episodes or something. So you guys can listen to those. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be doing, you'll, you'll get two or three writers panels a month. You'll also get two or three uh, comics panels a month because those I have uh, co-hosts on so I can, I don't have to be there for all of them. <laughs> nice. Um, so I thank you all for listening and for sticking with it. And, um, and you know, it's a thing I love doing and started doing because it didn't exist. And I've learned so much doing them, so I'm not going to stop, but we are going to slow down a little bit. So let's get that out there. Uh, finally, there was some great TV this year. Yes. Yep. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what did you guys, what got you excited about TV or about the direction for TV that, you know, got you excited to be part of this medium, uh, things that you could not stop watching or could not stop talking about? It was a great year. And it's funny, all the talk about Game of Thrones, and that's, I know, not exactly this year, but I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. I'm trying to think. This year, I got very into Orange is the New Black. That was, yeah, that was a big, was this big year, one right? this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah so did I. I was like, I missed, I didn't start until, was it last year as well? I feel like I watched yeah. both seasons so, all yeah. at once. So. And that one, I also feel like, I know it sort of wound up award season-wise in the comedy category, but it also, I thought it, it said something really great about what's happening in TV in that it was a, it was a comedy slash drama. Yeah. I mean, I love that the lines are being blurred because I often feel you can be, a, you're a comedy writer, you're a drama writer, mm-hmm. and, it's, and I think that it's great that maybe it's not always going to be one or the other. And and and, um, and then I, I, right now I'm watching Transparent. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty fantastic. Yeah, people are going nuts for this. It's I gotta fantastic. watch it. It's fantastic. Yeah. Nice. I've not seen Transparent. I've got to do that. I'm behind. We'll watch it tonight. Okay. The whole thing. <laughs> I'll swing by later. Is it, really what, what, is, what is great and different about it that people are reacting to? It's an incredibly emotionally honest show hmm. that holds yeah. back nothing and manages to be very, very moving um, without being, you know, too down. Like, it just, it, it has the range of human emotion in it. And it's just, I mean, it's, and it's wonderfully put together. I mean, there's just, I, I think it's, Probably the best new show of the year. Um, the things that I, other things I've liked, well, I mean, are so, you know, I love a lot of the British genre stuff. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I just finished like watching what? the season finale of The Game last night, which mm-hmm. is. I hear it's great. I've been recording it. Yeah. Really, really Yeah, I've heard you that's good. Yeah. Like yeah, I can see that. Uh, Happy Valley, mm-hmm. uh, the BBC, yep. or the Netflix BBC show. I thought a wonderful, starring a woman who would never get the lead of a yeah. show in yeah. America. Yeah. And how it is phenomenal. It feels um, great. I mean, I think those are kind of. I mean, I, you know, I like that that stuff. But I, I, I mean, I watched Transparent All in about twenty four hours, <laughs> yeah. and I just That's funny. I, I, it's fantastic. Well, I gotta, I gotta check out. Is there, watch that. Yeah. is there a good genre on American television right now? 
good genre network stuff. Network or not? Well, the good genre, I think the best, I think one of the single best shows on television is The Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And doesn't get the credit that I think it deserves. Yeah, I think the funny. last season was one of the best seasons yeah, it was of television. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, it's, it doesn't get the ratings that I would wish it would get. Mm-hmm. And, um, but not, is there a great network genre show? No. I don't even know. Honestly, I don't even know what's on network I, I right get now. Trouble. I know Once Upon a Time. Is I get this is one. It's, called, it's called The 100, and it's pretty... <laughs> um, Aaron, that's a network. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's called The 48. Is, uh, <laughs> that's true. It's not a network. It's not a network. <laughs> I, when we were on Supernatural, I remember being told, oh, we're a netlet. That's true. That's true. Um, I, Helix, is that first season was pretty fun. Yeah, that is worth checking out. Mm-hmm. But it's still, it's it's... This isn't a genre, but like I, this, the very beginning of this year, uh, my wife and I started watching the pilot of The Good Wife, which I had mm-hmm. avoided because of the title of The Good Wife, which mm-hmm. I just found to be like condescending or something. I don't know. I didn't, had no interest. And it was really good. Yeah. So I was shocked how good it was. And mm-hmm. I binged the entire, I'm like, I binged the entire wow. how many seasons at the beginning of this yeah. year and was stunned at the consistent quality of that show that I would have never watched it had my wife not been like, oh, yeah, you got to watch this. It's supposed to be good. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, I don't know how they do it. It's really good. So yeah. that's network. And, yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and its lack of like ratings, I think, is a testament to how good it is, really. Yeah. Well, like, it's also it's not, kind of been the story all year of, hey, network can do it, too. And it is a good show, but it's one show. Right. You know? it's like the, it's, and I would point, like, Parenthood doesn't do big numbers, but it, right. it's a consistently really, really good, good show. show yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel like The Good Wife is brought up a lot yeah. in that context, which kind of overlooks that it is a quality show yeah. in pointing out that it's a quality show. Yeah, I know. You know it's I mean? weird. It's so strange. I also enjoyed I enjoyed uh, this year um, uh, The Leftovers, which I know might be controversial, but I really... Mm-hmm. Some people made them really angry, but I really was compelled by it. I really hear people split. Did uh, you guys watch it I at all? I haven't seen that. No. Yeah, I, I don't know. It was super dark, but I, I, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. And I'm I, same with Penny Dreadful. Like, it wasn't always... Uh, home I run, really but like I really Dreadful. I enjoyed when it came on. I couldn't. I saw it on my TV. I'd be like, oh, awesome! Another episode. Yeah. Just to see what they were doing. It was fun and really weird fun. and yeah. Again, like every episode left nothing on the table. Yeah, it totally. was a lot of fun. And I'm watching the affair right now, but I'm only three episodes in. And mm-hmm. as an experiment of narrative storytelling, mm-hmm. I've been. It's been it's it tickles me. Yeah, yeah, like I'm. I finish like ah. Oh, I want to see the next I one. I watched about four or five, and then I... Does it keep I, uh, continuing to be awesome? Because the first three are really solid. Uh, I thought yeah, the pilot was it really good. It sort of settles in. The pilot, I thought, was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I watched four or five, and then I... You know, it's on the TiVo, and I, but I haven't been kind of inspired to go finish the ones. Even though I was every yeah. week watching, you know... You know, look that and, and The Walking Dead. You know, Sunday yeah. night was... And yeah. I, and I, I will say I'm encouraged uh, by... I mean, I think Homeland... Oh, it's Homeland. Yeah, yeah. a big yeah, comeback yeah. year. I enjoyed year, this season... Yeah. Yeah, I forgot season. about that one. Yeah, that's really good this season. It, it's done. It's done a lot better. It, it's they've kind of they reinvented it again and yeah. made a whole new. That's really cool. Hmm. And then of course this week is the premiere of Real World Skeletons, uh, the new <laughs> season of Real World <laughs> where there's ske- what skeletons in the closet. Yeah, skeletons, skeletons in the closet. closet. Come back. Oh skeletons my god! Come on, you guys. You we all watch it, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, not anymore. All right, Shark Tank. I do, also, I'll, I'll watch I do still watch Survivor. Uh, Shark Tank, I can't. Oh, get Shark Tank! Behind. I know you love Shark Tank. I love, it. I love Shark Tank. <laughs> me too. I, I'm, I want to practice doing the gestures that the people do when they're like, "Fly away with me on my project." You know, all the little people. <laughs> I will. I'm at the point with my wife where it's like it's like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. We're kind of tired. Like, okay, do we have one more show? Yeah. Is, and if there's a Shark Tank on, absolutely, it's Shark Tank. Like it's always the thing that I will. It's like a palate. It's like a sorbet. <laughs> it is. <laughs> 
Uh, I, you know what? I will mention a few shows that we never mentioned on here, though we've had some of the writers on. Um, Do it. Uh, the Colbert Report is oh, yeah. wrapping oh. up, and mm-hmm. it's like coming in for such a hard landing. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, like that guy is not fucking around. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I continue to love it so much. Um, Last week tonight, John Oliver's uh, oh, show was really so good. great, really good. Uh, and I feel like with Colbert going off and then John Oliver not coming back until like March or April, I'll have this hole in my life. Yeah, <laughs> where, where am I going to get my news? I, I can read it to you. I Thank can, you. I'll read, you? The, I'll read the CNN breaking news feed. Um, and Top Chef continues to be yeah. great. You know, I, I was love about to say, and they're in Boston. Yep. And I'm from Boston. Oh, you are. Oh, special nice. season. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. They're doing the Chowder Challenge. I'm, we just oh. had Jasper White. I got so I excited. I full on lost my. I'm in a Top Chef Fantasy League, yeah. where you like, <laughs> yes, I seriously am. Okay. Where you, uh, you, you, the first episode is like scouting, and then you on this like website, you like, actually, you can cut whatever this. I've. If you need time, you can cut whatever <laughs> I've said today to make sure that that is it, because I want that on the record. Absolutely, I don't care but, what. I'll, however, I did, I'm saying I lost. I, I picked uh, incorrectly. I, I went for good TV theory, so I picked mm-hmm. Aaron. You can't do that on and because he was such a yeah. he was such like a, a nightmare in the beginning, and I was no. like, oh, that guy will be on forever. Because because he's such trouble. And uh, and so he got booted, and then I had, uh, I can't remember her name now, she was, she was the Boston gal who... Yeah. Right. Who, she got yeah. But, you know, he's a draft, so by the time I got... She was like, she was not my first pick. I was right. like... Colicchio <laughs> plays by the rules, though. You yeah. can't yeah. go by good TV. Yeah, like, I know. You always for real. tell who's going to get kicked out based Dang on it, I know. It was, yeah. he's, he's I'm sorry, it was a bad call on my part. <laughs> <laughs> are, we, are we obliged to, or should we not talk about cereal? I think we probably should. Uh, this will come out this week, and oh, the last episode, last episode of, same of Serial. Same oh, that's right. Uh, are you yeah. listening? I, you know, oh my, it's it's a hole in my life. I haven't started, and I've so much pressure has built up that I'm like waiting for the moment to start. I played this very wrong, but go ahead and talk Here's about it. Here's the thing. Uh, I, you guys know, I and listeners know, I resisted uh, Game of Thrones for a long time. I'm still not an enormous fan of that show. I don't give a shit about wizards and dragons and shit. <laughs> I don't think there's any wizards in it. I'm yeah. pretty sure there are. <laughs> Um, and I, I was like, all right, I will see what the show is all about. And then I watched it, and it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> that is how serial is. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's, it's, it's become quite something in my imagination, so yes. we'll see how it... Um, what, do, what are you guys thinking? I, I, really, I really like it. Me too. And I like it as much for... You know what? I like it for her. Mm-hmm. I, I like the... It's, like the storytelling yeah. space that she's created, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know. I mean, it's a, it's a cold case. It's a it's a and as cold cases go, it's it's a the case itself is fine, mm-hmm. you know. But I think she's a fantastic writer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think she's created this really interesting, yeah. I agree. Narrative space that you get to enter, and for that, I really truly enjoy it. And I would say, I mean, I um, the la- last week's episode, and I'm not going to spoil anything about it. I actually, I cried at the end of it, mm-hmm. and it's it's not even anything that happens particularly dramatically. It's simply about human, just the humanity of the whole yeah. experience, yeah. not just the case, but the covering of the case, and then the coverage of the covering of the case. It's it's there's a lot of layers, meta layers that are emotional meta layers that I find yes. incredibly compelling. Yeah. So I mean I'm all in on it. Yeah. But so it's, am I. I'm all in. But it's because of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think I mean Adnan, whether he did it or not, you know, it's sort of like they cast a very good. They cast, <laughs> he's cast very well yeah. for mm-hmm. the mysterious. Did he or didn't he guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because he pulls on a lot of of things that you're conditioned to have pulled on. Mm-hmm. Which I think okay. is fascinating. Yeah. 
Uh, and I know, Aaron, you've been part of uh, lengthy discussions. It's true. <laughs> there some roped into and some, uh, you know, on my own volition. But, yeah, I, I think it's super compelling. It's great. I mean, I, it's like, the best thing on TV this year, I think, you guys. <laughs> <It's real. laughs> um, I think, you know, the thing, despite whether or not we're disappointed by the ending, which I think is what people are really talking about, is... The ride has been really interesting. Yeah. And as you say, it's been emotional in great ways, like ways that I feel like only This American Life can do, um, where it's it's not hitting you over the head. And it is layered emotionally. I think that's a really good point about it. Well, there's been a lot of, I mean, I, I there, you know, every producer in town has been chasing it mm-hmm. to do a thing. And it's it, like, IRS represented it where I'm represented, so I've talked to the agents about it, and I've I've talked to the studio about. It. I mean, and and the studio will say to you, but "What is the show? Like, what is the show? Is it just a cold case, whatever?" And all I've ever said, and I'm not saying I would mm-hmm. that I would go do it, although I would if I'd be it'd be hard. Is that I just keep saying, "Well, it's her." Yeah, I mean, that's I, I say it's the, it's her. You know, yeah. I mean, and what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's what I think is you know totally fascinating. Absolutely. About it. And it feels like a thing that various TV shows have attempted too, yeah. I mean, to to varying degrees. I mean, I feel like uh, The Killing did something like this really well, or even The Wire, where it's about the characters, the investigators, mm-hmm. as much mm-hmm. as it's about the story, yeah. if not more. Uh, yeah, and, and about the experience of people experiencing it. Sure, you know, has is. I mean, it's again, it's a lot. It of It captured the imagination of a, of a lot of people. Yeah. So maybe because it's on, maybe because it's you, it's something you just listen to. Also, yeah. you know that you know you create your own. It's more like a fiction experience. Are you saying that radio is coming back? Oh, it's here. Just as I'm leaving it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Dang it! Interesting. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. We really appreciate it. This was uh, this was not as as uh, dire a year as in bleak review as you <laughs> thought it might be. As maybe last year or years previous. Uh, and I thank you all for that. Um, we uh, we look forward to seeing what you guys are all up to in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for talking about cereal, without <laughs> revealing anything. <laughs> nothing has been spoiled. In a weird way, there's nothing to spoil. There really it's, isn't. It's, really, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's not about that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Thank you. I'm so glad you guys could make it. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Thank <laughs> you.